0: Hello, everybody. It's David Knight. It's OK Boomer Show. And I yes, this is episode six with my best mate, John McLean. Morning, John. Morning, Dave. How is it in Sydney? You're getting into summer. We're getting into winter. So you're getting hotter, yeah. we're getting colder.
1: It's currently overcast. So nice to have a little jacket on. And there's a lovely bird sitting on the perch outside. Great day. All
0: right. Hey, uh, for everybody out there. Yes, this is episode six. We're going through John's book change a constant challenge hopefully you've bought that already if not in the uh, description below you can find a link to amazon you can get the audible book or you can get the real book sent to you don't forget to subscribe don't forget to like and please keep sharing this we're getting momentum here on the ok boomer show and obviously john it's because of you because before you came on my kind of rating sucked so thank you for lifting the program up really appreciate that
1: thank you for allowing me to be a part of ok boomer (laughs)
0: So guys, uh, people out there, John and I go back a long time. I think we met 27-ish years ago, if I get the math right. Uh, We've done a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, Mostly John did it first, and I try to keep up with him. Uh, So Iron Man, English Channel, a whole bunch of other stuff. And today we're going through the five M's, which is the book, the five M's of change. We've covered MAP. That was fun. Go back in time. Look at that episode. We've covered Mindset. We've covered mentor. Last week we covered motivation. And now step five is momentum. And as you've said in the book, John, Momentum, the unwavering incremental change can create remarkable and monumental results. So, uh, like anything, I guess, as you start to get kind of forward momentum, then, you know, you're, you've you got a direction, you've got some impetus, right? You've got some traction and just things keep going. So. Talk me through what that means to you, and why you wrote that as kind of the final step in the five-step process.
1: Well, I think it's really important to measure uh, what we're working on. So, therefore, if you looked at anything that you're a goal or a business opportunity or things that are kind of presented to yourself, you can then have this piece around how do you measure from a business perspective, but also as an athlete, how do you measure what you're what you're doing? So, obviously, as you said, breaking inertia, making a start, uh, and then you know taking that first stroke. And halfway through that process you might look back and say okay good news I started I'm kind of here I'm encouraged to keep on going forward to achieve my goal so therefore momentum is critical I mean you've got to make that start and therefore that needed to fit into the uh, the five M's
0: I could make my uh, high school physics teacher really proud at this moment right so if I remember momentum is mass times velocity if I remember that right so mass if I equated that broke that down masses like you and all the people around you, so the more people you have, the more mass you have, right, so that's the mass side, and then, you know, that's putting on more weight, right, for the English Channel, so we were pretty massive when we did that, Um, and then velocity is obviously the speed that you're traveling at, so, You know, as you gain more momentum, you know, you're traveling faster and you're getting more critical mass. Um, So I I was likening it to a snowball, right? So it takes some effort, right, to start the snowball, pushing it up the hill so it gets a little bit of size. And then you tip it over the tipping point and then the momentum just kind of rolls down and gets more mass, gets more velocity. Um, So it kind of reminds me of John, our skiing story. Right, which i don't think we've covered because it's not a uh, you didn't ever get into the olympics <laughs> the winter olympics but you actually conquered an olympic mountain so uh, let's go through that story you remember that when we uh, we went up to lake placid new york and skied the olympic ski run
1: yeah well the opportunity for me to be with you and the family was exciting and then it just turned out that the family was going for a weekend ski trip and I thought it'd be nice to be around that. And then you thought, well, not just being around it, let's let's kind of get you involved. So uh, I guess that was a starting point And I had never skied before. So when you started to open that door and have those conversations, uh, you might share that with the guys too, because I, I think um, you uh, you started that process. You that
0: inertia yeah well you you came to new york and the week the week that you were there i think you spoke at uh the pepsi headquarters to the gatorade team and then that weekend actually you know i had already committed to a ski trip up at lake placid on the weekend with the family so the uh the, the folks in the gym at the pepsi headquarters decided that uh they were going to get you enrolled into the adaptive ski program and as i recall you'd never seen snow before because you'd been a penrith boy um, and they convinced them that this John McLean guy was somebody that they should consider to bring into the program, which was way off their kind of regular norm. You know, normally took years of vetting somebody, and they wanted you to kind of turn up in a month's time and be in the adaptive program. But good news is they got you in uh, just on the track record that you had or the momentum you had as a sports person, right, um, uh, going from sport to sport. And it was just an incredible, incredible weekend. Um, so, how did, how did you find that weekend?
1: That was awesome because I think back on uh, momentum, I had never uh, skied before. And I, my, my recollection is they were really keen to, and understandably for maybe other people, for their first experience, they were very uh, cautious. I think that's, a, I had a, a, started on a bi ski, so you had two skis on the bottom sitting in a bucket. Uh, i have had my outriggers, and then I was harnessed back to two ski instructors, just making sure that I wasn't going to hurt myself. And then there was or, a bit or, of that, like,
0: or other people on the mountain because you know a trajectory of you in a bucket on two skis heading down a mountain full of people is not a pretty sight, like a bowling bowling ball
1: hitting pins, probably. Yeah, I mean the the best um, example for me when I think about momentum was, ironically, I got hit by a truck. So obviously, you know, mass velocity you mentioned gets up and going it you know, and it's getting momentum. It's hard to slow down and stop. So here I was just at a starting point on my, uh, bike ski thinking, let me go, let me go. I just want to kind of try and they were like, let's take it easy, slow it down. Just, you know, make sure just steer a little bit that way and steer it. I was like, come on. So when we got started, you recall that it didn't take too long before we progressed from the bike ski to the monoski
0: yeah, so they were blown away. They, I don't think they'd ever experienced an athlete like yourself picking up a new sport, but what what normally takes several seasons, you did in hours. So by lunchtime, they were like, "Okay, so you got that down. Like they're all shaking their head unbelievable. and they I think they were testing you like, you sure you haven't skied before? <laughs> and then in the afternoon, you're on a mono ski, right? It's still tethered to, I think, probably one person by this time, because they figured that the risk of you catapulting down the mountain was less, right? You weren't gonna have that that much momentum, or at least you are in control, right? And then the next day, they basically let you and I go conquer the mountain, right? And so I can remember day two of you on skis seeing snow, you and I did nastar, right? gate to gate racing I uh, can't remember who won irrelevant I'm sure I did um, but uh, <laughs> but then we we're actually going down Whiteface Mountain right like down the Olympic downhill black diamond run on your second day of being on the snow and I just think they were just completely scratching their heads they would just never seen anything like it which is a credit to your you know prowess and sporting skill to be adaptive right pick up a new sport
1: well, I, I knew from something I had no knowledge on and it was great to be surrounded by the adaptive ski program because they were, you know, they really looked after us and I was very grateful for their, um, their mentorship. But once we started to move, therefore, I was encouraged to move a little bit further, a little bit faster and get excited about the next progressional, uh, slope. And as you know, we, uh, we managed to do that pretty quickly. So I like this bit about that snowball that you mentioned up the top, you know, we obviously had to start at the top and then yeah. gradually I was, I was on a roll, literally, um, you know, just got excited about wanting to do more and keep on moving. And then when we actually started to go fast and go down some of those slopes, I remember your son, Andrew, who's amazing on skis, was kind of given it plenty of air. And then I think you might have said, hey, why don't you try that one? And it was like, well, okay, I've kind of managed getting in a sit ski on a bi ski to a mono ski. like, well, okay, the next thing is learning how to jump. So let's right. give that a crack. Right. And I, you know, I crashed a few times, but we kept on going and we kept on moving forward. And therefore that momentum. So that, that's a really nice story around momentum and critical. And that was only for a short period of time, but you can see how those five things play a part in terms of the steps. And then when I had this momentum, it was, it was fantastic. So sometimes with momentum, it's a short goal and sometimes it's a long goal. So yeah. um, it, was, it was awesome sharing that with you.
0: So quick shout out to Jeannie Brennan who was I met through the Adaptive Ski pro- program, great friend, lives in Lake Placid. You know, she's hosted us at her house for iron several iron men up there. So Jeannie, you know, love you big, you know, keep at it. Um she's also been battling cancer for a while, but um fantastic effort, Jeannie, we love you. Um let's transition then. So then we went to Steamboat Springs, which is just here in Colorado for a week and so johnny mac turns up uh we get we get the guys at the adapter ski Ski program we get on skis and that's where you were chasing andrew through the powder and you know going through the trees and coming out onto the run so we had about three days there of just crazy ass skiing right and then on like the second or third last day you know you get taken out by a snowboarder which was like uh, many people get taken out by snowboarders, but kind of hit you, knocked you for a six, and you you crunched your shoulder. And I think you realize that yeah, life's going to be pretty pretty tough in a wheelchair without without a shoulder. So uh, that was kind of a, a bad introduction to sno- snowboarders flying out of nowhere to take you out. But uh, do you do you wish to get back on skis at all, John?
1: I've kind of two analogies to share with you that you know all of us get knocked over and in various ways. So if we go back to my story, getting hit by a truck is a good example of getting knocked over, and then getting knocked over by um, a a skateboarder. Right. Um. Yeah. Kind of that's life, isn't it? The question is, how do you, how do you bounce back? So, um, am I yearning to get uh, back onto the snow? No, is the answer to that one because there's other things. Given that I like to change, you know, that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm looking forward to doing more things, but it's nice for you and I to look back and, you know, in moments in times and say, you know, we had that opportunity to do that together. And for me, it was, I I loved it. So I think the importance of, you know, being able to measure that in a short period of time, we, um, we had a lot of fun.
0: You bet. So let's, let's keep the theme of momentum, right? And let's, let's transition to the English channel. So Josh, I don't know if you can show that photo behind me. So this is the, the classic shot that we took of John prior to the f- this first swim, right? So this was the, yeah, and I was the Gatorade guy. So we had to get the Gatorade squeeze bottle in. Uh, but that's the White Cliffs of Dover. That's that cold water called the English Channel. Um, how does momentum apply to that challenge?
1: Yeah, so this is a great example, a longer period of time but also, um, you know, a a wonderful opportunity. And we've kind of touched on the, the swim a bit, but let's talk about momentum. So I never swam as a boy running was my thing. Okay. So we have this opportunity to do something that's completely different and it's the English channel. And I needed to make sure that everything was in place for me. So all those pieces were there and therefore, you know, you and I line up and we're ready to swim the English Channel. So taking a step back, from a one-kilometer swim, building up to multiple kilometers, uh, I'm kind of in the halfway period, and therefore I can look back on my program and say, Do you know what, this is a massive undertaking. There's a piece around fear that maybe it's just kind of too much, and I don't want to talk on that briefly. But I was encouraged by looking back, saying, you know, I've come a long way from that first one-kilometer swim to you know a halfway point, and therefore encouraged to keep on going. So we could see the momentum grow over time. All right. Fast forward. So now I'm at the English channel. I'm looking back, you know, I've done my homework and I can see that I've put myself in a really good position, you know, from that first block of training, from a four hour swim, progressional build up to a six to an eight to a 10. And, you know, now the channel has presented itself. So looking back, I was really encouraged to go, I've done all my homework. I can see that I've gathered a lot of momentum and therefore this is just the next progressional step or block in that process. So I'm encouraged to, to keep on going. Okay. So what happened? I took my first stroke and if you're not prepared to put yourself in a position to take the first stroke, well, it's never going to happen. So therefore I started to swim and as you know, cause you were there, uh, uh, this, the conditions over time deteriorated to the point that no one got across the English channel that particular day. And therefore there was this piece about you know, disappointment and, you know, uh, being, what's the right word or well, feeling really bad because I, you know, not only did I let, uh, myself down because I was unable to do it. But I let you down as my support team and the documentary crew and everything else. So what did I learn that, you know, mother nature runs the race. Okay. So we get a second opportunity. And again, you can see this fear here between not wanting to go back because it's it's hard, it's cold, it's a long way. Conditions can really hurt you. Shoulders are screaming, all those pieces. But again, I was encouraged to know I had done my training. I had done my work and i would made sure my nutrition and everything else was in place. And therefore, you know, get back on the program. So keep that momentum going. And the second time around, so wonderful to have you a part of that. You know, we got across the conditions were kind of, but you can see the momentum was the bit that's like, okay, I can do it. I've done all that progressional build up swimming. And therefore I am capable of doing this with my support network. So I guess that's a a good example. Another example to share with you, Dave, just on the swim, which I think is really important. Uh, I, I have known people that have done all the work And built themselves up to a position to go, you know, I'm ready to go, and then actually get in the water at the English Channel. On a perfect day, water's warmer than it's been given the change, and therefore something had just stopped that person from taking those steps. So I guess there's a piece there around momentum and about mindset and about everything else that's a part of that journey it's so important to make sure that, you know, you've got the right team in and around to help along the way. So, and people have gotten as close as a hundred meters offshore, as you're aware of swimming the channel, um, and the conditions haven't been ideal for them to get across. So can you share your kind of experiences with your English channel swim? Because obviously that's important as well in, in and around momentum.
0: Yeah, I got two things that the second, the second trip was a kind of a record day. Cause I broke the record from Threadbow ski resort to the middle of the English channel. So that was important. So, uh, after the first one, there's like a 13-day gap right between your first attempt and your second successful swim. I went back to Australia. I'm sk- skiing. Threadbow Mountain, I get the call from you on a chairlift saying, Dave, great great news. We've got the window. We're going on Sunday. And I'm like, I can't get there by Sunday. <laughs> so so I, I immediately got skied down, packed the car, drove back to Sydney booked a flight, jumped on a flight from Sydney to Bangkok, Bangkok to London, and uh, you know, at halfway point, the team had organized a helicopter to pick me up at the airport in Heathrow and dropped me next to the boat in the middle of the channel. And when I got to Heathrow Airport, they said, hey, you know, we checked the regulations and the helicopter can't leave with three people and return with two. So they can't drop you off in the middle of the channel. So anyway, I finally found a, a fishing boat with two guys to, to drive me out there. And I was just so pleased that, you know, on the last drop of gas, you know, they dropped me next to the boat. And we kind of swam the last couple of hours to Dover. So that, that was a, a fun story in itself, right? But, you know, why did I do that? Well, again, it's momentum, right? We had this thing, you know, it was full, full program, full training, full, you know, years of work thousands and thousands of dollars and you know the goal was there right so there was no way i was going to miss that physically and so we found ways to to get there to be beside you to finish the channel Um, i always get asked and i'd be interested in your perspective john we've done some pretty difficult things right so let's just break it down iron man english channel what's harder well, I think they're it's both a, hard. It's a, it's a yes or no answer, right? I'm going to call you. Well,
1: the answer is they're both hard. Um, and and I, I like this piece around drawing this back to all of us who are tuning in at the moment. Life is hard, Great. no doubt. So the question is, you know, do you have the courage to take the first step, first stroke? So if I was to look at those two things and to pick one, I'd say Man.
0: Wow, okay. What about I, you? I'd what about say, you? I'd say English Channel. And I, I say that because... Um, You know, I've done 19 Ironman, I've done one English Channel, or a lap and a half, right? Um, The effort to get there, I think, is harder, right? Um, And then the unknown, I think the thing about the Channel is, you know, an Ironman race, it's pretty well in your control, right? Things can go wrong, right? But, you know, you've got help nearby. You know, you can take a break, you can do whatever. English Channel, no such luck, right? You can't touch the boat. All you can do is get fed. And if you dilly-dally and take some time out, you're going to miss. the. B- one, you're going to freeze to death. And the second thing is you're going to miss that window where you've got to get to, you know, your landing point at the slack tide so there's no movement. So for those that don't know, you're landing on a place called Cape Grenet, which is a, which is a point. And when the when the uh, <coughs> when the tide starts to run, it's going to take you away from the land, right? It's not going to put you on the beach. It's going to put you out in the middle of the channel, either south or north. So, if that happens, you've got another eight hours that you have to tread water before the tide will change enough for you to actually get to the beach, right? So this is a hit the window in an hour or two, right? Or you're going to miss you're going to miss your landing because the Tide—it's a 30-foot tide, so the water is moving beyond anybody's capability to swim against the tide. So, I think—I think it's harder, John. I really do. I I just think it's mentally tougher, right? Because you're by yourself; you don't have other athletes whizzing by you. Yeah, you have support swimmers, right? It's super cold. Um, (coughs) It's very lonely. It's much more— to me, it's much more mental than an Ironman is. Um, and again, nature will serve up, you know, what, what nature wants to do. And you have nothing, you know, you can do about that. That seldom happens in an Ironman. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it seldom happens in an Ironman. Just
1: my point. Can I give you my, can no. I give you my Ironman experience sure. and then tie, tie back to the channel? Cause I guess it's a little bit different. And again, on the, on the theme of uh, momentum. So here I am, I find myself, uh, and we've touched on this briefly before, but I find myself lining up in Hawaii to do the Ironman with my arms. So big challenge. Uh, initially, I thought, you know, I've qualified at a half Ironman on a flat course at so double the time and good to go. Not the case. So here I am in um, in 95 in Kona, do the swim, which was so much fun. And now I'm on the, the bike or the hand bike. And now we're talking about Mother Nature again. So now we're on an island called... Kona on the big island of Hawaii and therefore mother nature plays a part. What does that mean? The heat, the wind and the hills. So which is the case for all athletes. But on that particular day, I remember getting out on the course on my hand bike and just being the wind was blowing in my face for, and that picked up for a very long time. And as you know, the trade winds turn around. So I had it all the way back again and it was not a lot of fun. Uh, and I had kind of called it a day, but, you know, we've shared that uh, Jono got us through that year. Okay. Go back the next year to the swim and the wind's not as bad. Uh, I missed the bike off again. And then I, we well, um, had a, pun- I, I, you had a
0: puncture, right? You had a, like, you, you were, you are on, yeah. t- on track to finish and what, yes. how, how many miles from the finish did you have a flat? And of course in an Ironman, you have to repair the flat yourself, right? So it's not, yep. you know, so
1: you I'm going to, I'm going to go like 15, Agreed. I'm going to go like 15 miles to go. So I missed the cutoff by 15 minutes. Um, you know, change the tire. And there's two years in a row. So then, okay, now momentum, I had this battle between, you know, do I want to go back or is enough enough? And that piece that kept coming back to me is like, I've done it twice. I've, you know, I've got to keep on going. I've gathered all this stuff. And therefore, you know, it's, it's to be mine. And the third time round, they allowed, uh, three wheelchair athletes to participate, which is fantastic. And therefore, again, I had the benefit of the momentum uh, from the last two years with the other athletes, which athletes had not and therefore you know when, when i was going through the third time round everything in my mind was like this is me i've done everything keep going and therefore you know um, and it was wonderful to cross the finish line and win the the first uh, wheelchair category so when i say hawaii is the hardest thing for me in terms of the first time in 95 i was completely spent yeah. there was nothing left and it's just the importance of having that team around me to allow me to keep on going so that's my reference point between 95 and how hard that was versus the english channel and in 98, you know, it was so wonderful, just I want to go back to that if we can. Uh, I remember you were kind enough to allow the opportunity for me to go up in a helicopter to, to get literally an aerial perspective of the difference between England and France, uh, which again, you know, I said, okay, if other people have done this, then therefore there's no reason why I can't do it. So the self belief plays a big part. Um, so back to the momentum, you know, and I was getting absolutely smashed, as you recall, and it took you to get me out of the water because the captain saying, you know, you know, get him in, get him in, get him in. And when you said, you know, you haven't gotten anywhere for the last three hours, it really kind of resonated with, okay, I guess it's time for me to get out of the water. Yeah. And I was so lucky, you know, you and I going to meet with the captain the next day and turning that around and getting a second opportunity 13 days later, which the conditions were much kinder. So that I would reference Hawaii 95, the hardest endurance piece in terms of the Ironman versus the channel, uh, equally, as I said, they're both really, really hard. But if I had to pick one, it would still be uh, Hawaii. And again, Mother Nature played a part in both.
0: And then Ultraman's a whole other story which we've hit before, which we will not hit again. Uh, so that's probably a good thing because my mother gave me another talking to the other day. So yeah. all good. So, guys, I want to I want to kind of wrap up. Um, you know, this is not the end of the journey with John. Uh, we have had six episodes. We are going to do a seventh, and we are going to – you know, continue that. Um, <clears throat> the next one, we're going to do uh, just a recap of the the book um, from Go to Woe, right? And, you know, recap some of the stuff that we've done. Fi- finish crossing the, the T's and dotting some of the I's with these stories. Um, but really, really enjoy this conversation. I find it, you know, I find it actually inspirational even today, right? Because, again, we're always going through change, right? And we can either be victims of change or we can kind of lead that change and if you're going to lead that change then there's a really proven process how to do that successfully right and that's what the five m's are and we've covered momentum today the others were map mindset mental motivation and momentum so next week we want you to tune in again we're going to recap everything and then what we're going to do is reveal what the next episode is all about because we've got to be creative and find something beyond this book We go back in time to your previous three books, sell more of those or come up with something else. We've got a lot of we've got a huge amount of people in our network. And so we're going to try and bring some of those other folks that have either been on the the battlefield with John and I or have a really interesting perspective from um, either the business side of sport or business in general. So, um, John, what do you think?
1: I think that's a great, uh, do we have a little bit of time to kind of talk about the momentum for the, yep. the triathlon? Okay. Oh, you want it? Yeah. You, sorry. Did I cut us short? Well, no, it was just that, um, I think that's another really good example and okay. there's an illustration in, in the book, change a constant challenge that kind of really speaks to momentum and you recall, because you were there, um, how do you go back and do a conventional triathlon after 26 years? Um, of being in a wheelchair and using carbon fiber braces and walking poles. I think that's the best example for me if I was looking at uh, momentum that we needed to cover six miles, 10 kilometers. And I'd taken that first step and that was painful. And it didn't take too long before I found myself at the three mile mark, five kilometers where I was sitting down and I was in a lot of pain and I had a great team around me and David, you were kind enough to take off your socks and help me with managing all of that. And we briefly touched on that previously, but the bit that really triggered uh, for me was not only having a great bunch of people around me to encourage me to keep on going, but I could briefly look back and say to myself, you know what, I've covered half the distance. Um, and this is a, this is a mountain to climb and I've got, uh, three miles to go five kilometers to go. So that momentum piece was really important to go, you know what, we've come a long way from the swim and the bike, and now we're halfway in the run or walk component for myself. So that momentum piece was really critical to go, I can do this. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the other English channel, one stroke at a time. And just bit breaking all that down, Going, there's every reason why I can get to the finish line. The dream was to try and do that and cross the line, as you know, which you were a part of, which was so wonderful. But again, on momentum, it was good to go, okay, you've covered all that. There's no reason why you can't continue to take more steps to get to the finish line. And if we don't take the first step or we don't take the first stroke, or we don't take that first initiative to break that inertia, then we'll never get momentum or gather momentum. So I wanted to uh, maybe help wrap that piece up around momentum, that that was critical for me to get to that finish line. Cause the question is always asked, how do you do that? Um, well, again, you know, you, you've got to take that first step. So, That was a good piece on momentum
0: for me. Yeah, I think the other thing is, look, in life, you you are potentially going to run into reasons of losing some momentum, right? And so then the trick is, how do you regain that momentum, right? How do you accelerate? Like, how do you get that velocity back, right? And I just remember, as you tell that story, that moment where Jack, your son, arrived, right, and you're probably – Maybe a kilometre or maybe a mile from the finish line. So you'd endured that painful piece. We got you set up, but every step from then on was a pain. And and you know, I think we were very concerned that you know, like, are you going to make that last mile, right? And then when Jack turned up, it was just like a whole gift of joy, energy, reason for being. You know, and it, and it just seemed to like spark you know a different speed in you and. You know regain that momentum that i think we'd kind of lost just because it was just so effing hard right um talk to me about that
1: you're right it was uh effing hard um and i recall like everything was starting to slow down for me as in not only my speed it started to slow down but the conversations were getting uh, harder to manage in terms of internal dialogue and i just felt like i just needed to sit down because if I didn't, I felt I was going to fall over, even though I had those walking pods for extra stability. And I kind of just closed my eyes and it's good to take a little bit of time to reset. And when I did that, I remember some, some guys putting some ice under my cap and putting it back in my head. So that was good because it was a very hot day, you recall. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Jack came over and he's kind of daddy, daddy, and just that coming back to full consciousness going, okay, um, he's my little man. And the focus was on him, not on finishing at that time because I was really comfortable closing my eyes. it's like, daddy, daddy, you're so close. And that just kind of gave me that electric um, jolt to go, you know, fib back to the heart, kind of get going again and go, okay, okay, so where are we? I know where I am, what do we need to do? I understand, get to that finish line, hold hands. And that was just that beautiful, you're right, it was just that beautiful intervention between maybe slowing it all down and not going on to slowing it down, resetting, Having that beautiful connection, emotional piece to family, um, which is like, okay, I've got to keep on going, and then that got me back up into that frame of mind to get to that finish line, which was undoubtedly the the, the highlight of my life as an athlete and a father. So, uh, thanks for re-injecting that piece around Jack because it's important to you know to tap into all of the acts to the things that do matter to all of us. And that was a critical point for me to get me to that finish line. Yeah,
0: just so many wonderful stories. Again, I'm going to ad-lib another piece here, right? So we're, we're 500 yards off the beach of France, right? Obviously, this is in the bag, right? Because we've gone through all the nasty weather. We've gone through the tides. You know, it's actually the sun just came out at that moment. It was flat. There was a couple of little ripples of waves washing up onto the shore. And you stopped, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and I kind of freaked out. <laughs> I am like, what? why are you stopping? And you kind of looked at me, and you said, I just want to enjoy the moment, right? I just want to savor this moment, and you kind of shut your eyes. And I mean, that was such, you know, that was like a year and a half, maybe more of swimming cold water, and you, you knew it was in the bag. But I've, I've just remembered that moment diligently, that when you have that moment of success, just the ability and your sensibility to stop, pause, remember, celebrate, you know, mostly internally, right? that you've done it. So special
1: moment. Do you remember that? I do. Thank you you for reconnecting on that as well. But I think for a lot of us, we're in such a rush. We're just like, okay, get the next project done, get the next goal done, get the next strategy done, like go, 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 go. And it's really important to stop and appreciate before you cross that line. For me, that was, you know, with you before taking that last, I don't know, 50 meters in the, in the swim. And it was really special to, to capture that moment. and to share that with you that, you know, I, I'd come to you, you might recall beforehand coming to your office with your team pitching the idea of, you know, would you support me to swim the channel to hopefully put a documentary together to inspire kids around the world. And therefore, here we are at the back end of that just before closing the door. And we took that moment of time in and it was so special to share that with you to go, okay, all the hard work and everything that we've done, it's now to take a little bit of time to reward ourselves in the moment. So it was wonderful to do that with you. And then we, we crossed the line. And again, with Jack, you mentioned and Amanda. It was wonderful just to take some time out to reset and go, okay, yeah, got it. This is that, That's a photo that will be forever in my mind as it was for you and I. And yeah. then we crossed the line or we, we, we swam to shore or, you know, we received the medal or whatever that analogy is. So it, it's so important before we close the door to embrace and enjoy and to celebrate what we've worked towards, because it's so important to do that before you can then close the door behind you to reset for the next opportunity. So you and I have had so many and therefore I think it's, in, it's in contagious and infectious for those people who are big blue sky dreaming people. positive, uh, energetic to keep Got to keep on going, whatever comes our way, whether you get hit by a truck or whether you crash at the Olympics or whatever the analogies are, there are going to be so many roadblocks for all of us in life. It's just the importance of, you know, keep on going and you can see the momentum. So I think, you know, when I look back from when I got hit by a truck to where I am today, you know, I guess it's just this piece around momentum since then, literally. Uh, And there's so much more for us to do. So I'm encouraged Dave to look forward to uh, our next challenge.
0: You bet. The next challenge is hit, hit it out of the park on our next uh, podcast, which is next week. Looking forward to that. Um, as, a, as I said, as we wrap up, subscribe, share, ring the bell, uh, buy the book, see the movie, uh, and we might talk about the movie uh, that you're planning in the next episode. How's that for a teaser for you guys coming back? But John, really appreciate you. Joshua, really appreciate you. This was episode six of OK Boomer Celebrating, John McLean's latest book, Change, A Constant Challenge. John, thank you so much, man. Have a great day, great week, and we'll see you next week.
1: Love you, buddy. See you next week. I love
0: you too, man. Be good.